Welcome to the Skift Podcast, weekly conversations on global travel trend lines. If anyone knows about owning a lot of brands, it's Marriott International, the world's largest hotel company, which acquired Starwood in 2016, now has 30 brands and no plans to get rid of any. Global brand officer Tina Edmondson talked about why the company believes in its brands, all of them, at Skift Forum Europe recently in Berlin. She also spoke to Skift senior hospitality editor Deanna Ting about how the role of luxury is changing, Marriott's approach to millennials, and its experiment in home sharing. On today's episode of the Skift podcast, we'll hear that conversation from Berlin. This is one of several conversations we're bringing you from Skift Forum Europe. And now, here's the talk. There are very, very few people on this planet that I think um, can actually rattle off each and every one of Marriott's 30 hotel brands. But if I were betting my money, if I were in Vegas and I, I wanted to go big, um, I'd put all of my money on our next speaker. So uh, Tina Edmondson is the global brand officer and luxury portfolio leader for Marriott International. And actually prior to working for Marriott, um, Tina also actually happened to work for a company called Starwood Hotels and Resorts, where she was the senior uh, vice president of brand operations. Um, so Tina. We're here in Berlin, in Europe, where the hotel landscape is a lot more, I guess, independent and less branded Mm -hmm. than it is in the US, where we're both based. Uh, So I'm wondering, where do you sort of see, I guess, some growth opportunities for a branded company like Marriott uh, here in Europe? And um, like, what destinations are you looking at? Or what types of accommodations? Or what types of brands or categories? Sure. So you're absolutely right, Diana. So 60% of uh, the hotels in Europe are are independent, right? Uh, So pretty fragmented, which is kind of the opposite of what we see in the US, where 70% are branded with only 30% independent. Uh, But we see actually huge opportunity, two sort of big areas. We have, um, as you know, part of our 30 brands is three collection brands. The luxury, the soft brands. Luxury collection, uh, you know, clearly in the luxury space, autograph collection in the upper upscale, and actually in Europe, skewing into luxury, and then tribute uh, tucked right under, also in the upscale, uh, upper upscale space. And so, you know, with soft brands, there is a lot of elasticity, and so we're able to really append these amazing independent hotels uh, into our co- collections quite well. Uh, both the luxury collection. Luxury collection actually has 42 hotels here in Europe. Um, so, and five w- will be added this year. Um, autograph collection is, uh, we've often said in the press, you know, it's our, lar- our fastest growing uh, soft brand, actually our fastest growing brand for Merit International. Um, we're about six years old and we're already at 135 open hotels. Um, and then Tribute is one that we um, acquired as part of the merger, and uh, that brand's doing also really well with 28 open hotels. So all of these independent hotels, I mean, the, the reason that they are so popular is, is one, people, there, there is a whole segment of 
uh, travelers that are looking for a non-conventional independent experience. And so we have these at all these, uh, you know, at these various levels. The other kind of interesting thing is, you know, it is the fragmented um, sort of nature of the European market is why we launched Moxie. So particularly when we looked at uh, that segment, uh, you know, the, uh, the mid-scale segment, we saw that there, is, there was such a dearth of, uh, you know, branded product, which, you know, on some level is even more important when you're not talking about luxury. And that was sort of the business case for actually introducing a brand like Moxie, which is also doing quite well. Yeah, definitely. I actually checked out the one not too far from here just the other day. So, yeah, that's great. Did you like it? I did. Yeah, Good. it was great. It was a great workspace. <laughs> um, so speaking of Tribute Portfolio, I know mm -hmm. actually earlier this week on Monday, uh, Marriott announced uh, Tribute Portfolio Homes. Yes. And I'd love to kind of talk to you about that and sure. ask you a little bit more about that pilot and, you know, if you see sort of more opportunities, branded opportunities for short-term rentals using soft brand collections. Sure. So, uh, you know, clearly it's a pilot, right? Mm -hmm. And um, there's two sort of fundamental, I think, pain points when we think about short-term rentals, right? There's uh, the issue that of sort of product quality and basically a lack of brand assurance, right? And there's not really professional property management services, if you will, that can actually, uh, you know, vet, um, uh, you know, rentals against a set, specific set of standards or check, you know, for compliance with local laws and, and et cetera. So, so sort of with that in mind, we said, you know, this is something that we could explore given that we have, uh, you know, 110 million members in our combined loyalty program, which is terrific. But we wanted to make sure that we were coming out with a product uh, that was meaningful and that was different and actually, uh, you know, resolve some of the pain points that, that we saw existed. Mm -hmm. So we, um, we partnered with uh, Hostmaker, the, which is a company that's based here in London. And I think the CEO is here. Mm -hmm. and, uh, <laughs> hi. Um, so, and and we're, we're super excited about that. And uh, you, this actually came out of, we have an incubator program. Mm -hmm that uh, Marriott is doing with Accenture in 1776, which is a, uh, which is a global incubator program. And uh, this is one of the concepts that you know, rose to the surface. Uh, we're, we're very excited about our partnership because our partner uh, with Hostmaker actually provides all of the services, everything from listing your hotel to photography to design help if you want, cleaning, you know, making sure guest services, the whole thing. Um, the other thing is that was interesting is uh, you know learning that actually running hotels is very different from running homes, and we wanted to make sure that we were doing this with somebody who really understood the space and was going to execute uh, really well. Um, in addition, you know guests can earn points right. uh, you know, when they stay with us, mm -hmm. and they will be able to redeem as soon as uh, May, actually, mm -hmm. we'll, be, we'll have the facility for them to be able to redeem. And then, you know, important is, you know, safety and security, uh, which we obviously have, 24-7 customer service is another thing that, uh, that's, that's quite a pain point, right? Mm -hmm. Because when you're, uh, you, you're not in an environment that you can go down to the front desk and ask for help, you know, who do you call? Um, and so, 
all of those sort of benefits, you know, feel like the right um, offer um, for our guests. Right. If if this pilot is successful, do you think it'll serve as a model for other hotel companies to to enter into the home sharing space? And will will you move from partnership to acquirer or? You never know. Okay. <laughs> but, that's, but that's really the whole point of doing mm-hmm. the pilot, right? The point right. is that we're going to learn things operationally. We're going to learn things on, that, that will work and not work and we'll you know, modify accordingly. We'll learn things from a business perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and at the end of the day, it all has to make sense for us to uh, decide to move forward. Okay. Great. So it's been about almost two years since the, yes. the Starwood deal closed. Yes. Uh, do you feel like at this point that your work defining all those 30 brands is, is on track or good to go or, you know, are, are the brands really where you want them to be or are there some, some where you're like, I think it needs more work? Yeah, I don't think our work is ever done, mm-hmm. right? And um, I think, you know, the, a question that I got asked, uh, you know, very early in the integration is, hey, are you going to keep all 30 brands? And what, you know, what is the plan? What are we going to do? Um, and, you know, this is something that we... Uh, we examined really carefully and we thought about every possibility. Um, and we looked at every single brand and said, you know, does it make sense for us to continue in this space? Are we we want to make sure that we were not cannibalizing each other. And, you know, how do we think about the portfolio and what, is it, what should the architecture be? And we've landed in a place that we are going to keep all 30 brands. Now, uh, you know, given you know, size, scale, um, it matters. Size and scale matters in today's, uh, you know, very competitive distribution environment. And you, we see all these new entrants into this, the travel space. And so uh, we believe that the more brands we have, the more hotels we have, the more competitive we are. Um, and that's important. Uh, there are certainly brands within the 30 brand portfolio that are growth vehicles. Uh, and that's important for us as a company um, as well. Uh, you know, last year in 2017, we opened 75,000 rooms, um, which is, I think, uh, you know, a new hotel every 14 hours or something like that. Um, but but we are a growth company, and you know, these things mm-hmm. are important to us. And then importantly, uh, you know, I think that the uh, the merger has been very complementary. Mm-hmm. Um, if you even look at the portfolios, you know, uh, uh, Starwood had a lot of luxury and lifestyle, or I, I, I should say heavier on the luxury and lifestyle brands. Marriott was heavier on, uh, you know, convention brands as well as had great presence, uh, you know, in select service. And so the coming together of that has really allowed us to have uh, really every, a brand for every trip purpose and travel need. Um, so I'm sure you hear this all the time too, but a lot of people, there's this perennial complaint in the hospitality industry that there are just too many brands, period. Not just from Marriott, but sure, from everyone. Sure, yeah. um, so do you agree or disagree with that statement? And how do you respond to people when they say that? So, uh, well, I'm the global brand officer, so... <laughs> I guess you're a little biased. There is no such thing as too many brands. It's like being too skinny or too rich. <laughs> Kidding. Um, uh, so, so I believe that brands help consumers make choices, and so and there are so many choices out there. Brands make a promise, and the most successful brands deliver on that promise consist- consistently. Mm-hmm. 
So brands basically tell consumers or, or paint a picture in the mind of consumers of what they can expect from a product and a service and a quality standpoint. Uh, so no, I don't think that there are uh, mm -hmm. too many brands. I think the danger is having brands uh, that don't have a very clear point of view. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't have a clear point of view, that means you cannot articulate or communicate what that is to your consumer, right. and therefore they don't know what you stand for. And if they don't know what you stand for, then what's the point? Right. right. So aside from um, having too, a lot of brands out there, um, even though I guess you know, it's never too bad to have too many, but um, brand proliferation can, can sometimes be a problem for the hotel owners. Um, I've spoken to some of them who've expressed a lot of concerns about the, the fact that when they work with a company like Marriott that has so many brands, um, that there's this higher risk of cannibalization or, or increased competition from brands and their own sort of like, they're the sister brands and the, and the same portfolio. Uh, and so, and they're not as protected by area pro of protection rules like they were before and, and so on and so forth. So. I'm just wondering when you when you're talking when you're having this conversation with hotel owners, mm -hmm. how do you how do you convince them that there's there's no such thing as too many brands out there? You know, and I think this is where Deanna, where the onus is on us, right, uh, to do two things. One is to clearly differentiate and make sure that brands have a point of view and that they are targeted. We are targeting brands to uh, particular customer segments. So uh, some of these conversations are easier than others because some, there is clear distinction, as an example, if I'm in a market uh, where there's a Ritz-Carlton and I'm talking to a Ritz-Carlton owner and I'm entering the market uh, with a courtyard, uh, there's not really cannibalization because the, the Ritz-Carlton customer is clearly different from a courtyard customer. Um, I, do, I do get the point, though, because we do have hotel, uh, hotel brands that are now in the same swim lane, if you will, mm -hmm. and we have to work harder at pulling these apart uh, you know, to make that point. The other thing that I would say is uh, you know, hotel owners also want growth. Right. And having multiple brands in a market allows us to do that. Mm -hmm. And so it's two sides of the same coin, yes. And, and for every hotel owner, of course, they mm -hmm. want to be the one that you know, owns the territory. Uh, but ju you know, just as we do on the consumer side, uh, you know, it's important that, that we allow for growth for, for our owner community, mm -hmm. which is a hugely important community for us right. as well. Is there ever a chance that Marriott might sort of max itself out in any one market because it has so much growth or so much so many brands in one particular market it might happen but i haven't <laughs> seen it yet <laughs> so maybe sorry i think in shanghai we have 50 hotels oh wow which is a lot yeah that is but the um, city's big enough yeah another question just i've always thought about is can you ever just kill a brand? Like, is there, is there ever a circumstance where you, where you want to sunset a brand and, and sort of let it ride off in, in, into the sunset and, and disappear? Um, you know, truthfully, we actually thought about that long and hard. Uh -huh. It's hard to do. And that's the other thing is, you know, we are not in the manufacturing business where we are manufacturing widgets and we can say, oh, you know, I don't like that anymore. We're going to just shut that down, right? Because we have contracts. Mm -hmm. Contracts are typically 30 years. We have owners, um, and you just you can't walk away. The other thing is that our brands are really well distributed. 
So even a small brand, a brand like Autograph, which is quite new, is 135 hotels already. That means 135 owners. Right. Um, so it's, it's harder, mm -hmm. uh, definitely, to sunset a brand. Okay. All right, so another thing I, I wanted to talk to you about, um, because you're also the, the luxury uh, portfolio leader mm -hmm. uh, and Marriott is, is luxury hospitality. So I sort of noticed in, in my coverage of this space that there, there sort of appears to be a bit of an identity crisis in, in luxury hospitality right now, sort of this idea that the traditional markers of, of luxury hospitality are sort of not quite as valued or, or seen as necessary as they were before. Um, do you sort of see that yourself? And if so, what does the sector need to do to kind of overcome that? I think, you know, luxury um, has become very personal, mm -hmm. right? And so what it means to each person is different. But I think the, the reality is it's still about quality. It is still about, and this is going to sound cliche-ish, but it's still about uh, being authentic or authenticity. And it's about wanting things that are scarce. Okay. So, so those things sort of exist. I think what we're seeing uh, most in the luxury segment is people uh, really want um, you know, travel to be a conduit for uh, self-actualization. Right. So we've sort of gone beyond the, uh, you know, the status of sort of staying in a luxury product to saying, uh, the, the role, really, of luxury hotels has changed from sort of this deliverer of, of these great experiences to almost an enabler of transformation. Mm -hmm. And that's a big change uh, for us. And, and I can see the industry trying to, uh, you know, certainly, uh, you know, adapt to that. I think the, you know, important things to note is, you know, uh, affluent customers are that segment is growing exponentially. You know, more and more people are getting into the space. Where, and, and you've talked about it before. It is about now experiences and not just materiality. Mm -hmm. And so even people that, you know, who uh, 10, 15 years ago would not spend extravagantly on a trip, uh, now because they are with their loved ones, these are the memories that they want to you know, take home and it kind of, these things kind of inform the way that they live. So, I, you know, I think the whole industry is changing and, you know, no sooner that we, we walk out of this door, uh, you know, that there'll be new nuances that we'll have to adapt to. So I'm going to drop the M word here, okay. millennials. <laughs> Do you think, especially when it comes to luxury yeah. um, travel, that there's too much or not enough focus on millennials? Um, I think we're all focused on millennials whether we like it or not. Mm -hmm. I think that the things that they want are the things that a Gen Xer uh, and a baby boomer even wants today. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they may be uh, accelerating our need for, uh, you know, more technology or, uh, you know, faster response, uh, but there's nothing that... Um, I would say, uh, you know, the markers of a millennial are not what we are focused on. And I wouldn't say it's not concentrated on, in one brand like a Moxie, but it is across uh, every brand and I think probably across the, the travel industry, right? Um, and so it, it's really about, um, you know, understanding that and making sure that we are um, adapting our, uh, our physical environment and our service environment. Uh, to, to suit that need. Okay. And um, I also wanted to ask you too, um, 
what role do you sort of see technology playing in, in hospitality today going forward? Yeah, that's like uh, hot water. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's... Uh, it, 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 of the course. privacy and yeah. personalization. Of and course, of course. So super important, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And is, is sort of at the, at the crux of everything that we do. Um, Overall, uh, you know, from a hospitality perspective, I think technology helps us take out the uh, functional elements of a hotel stay and allows us to uh, spend time on the emotional elements. And so we always want to be high-tech and high-touch, you know, in every single brand. Uh, We've done a lot of work uh, on the technology front, particularly, I don't know if you and I have talked about our Internet of Things room. Yes, IoT room. Right? Mm -hmm. I got Um, to check it out in in Bethesda. Right. Mm -hmm. So... We're sort of well beyond the, hey, I want to check in and check out with my mobile key, and you know everyone's got that, and that's all that's great and, and important, and we have to, of course, continue with that, uh, you know, guest services on chat, you know, et cetera. But really, using technology and partners um, to, to talk about the future and to talk about what's predictive. And so imagine, us, imagine being able to, uh, because you, your profile is in our system, uh, you've booked a, a wake-up call for 6.30 and you've told us that you, you, know, you would like to work up, wake up to a yoga routine. The yoga routine then plays on your full-length mirror. And then you, you're going to take a shower you know, 30 minutes later. And we know that the shower temperature that you like is 99 degrees. And so it, it sets up your shower and turns it on for you. And all, you can do all this through voice activation. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and it sounds a little futuristic today. I bet you in a year we'll be sitting here and it'll be like, oh, yeah, I have that at home. <laughs> and that's the, that's the trouble is that... Uh, everything that is happening from a technology standpoint outside of our business is informing what we all want today. Mm-hmm. Um, so really important to keep your finger on the pulse of what's going on. Definitely. All right, so we're going to take some questions from the audience right now. Um, our top question is, is with regards to loyalty. So uh, you have 30-plus something brands and several clubs with 110 million members. What's the end game for an overall community that connects all of this? So, you know, our uh, mission is to be the world's favorite travel company. Mm-hmm. And so the, the point of having uh, 30 brands and perhaps, you know, and with our pilot with Hostmaker as an example, is that we want to be the place... Uh, we want to be what you think of when you think about travel. We also just uh, you know, launched this Moments platform uh, that allows that we have 110,000 uh, experiences already on. Mm-hmm. So it's not just about your hotel stay, it's also about your hotel experience, or sorry, about your experience in the community that you're traveling in. So our goal is to really be this, um, this place that you come uh, you know, for, for any of your travel needs. Right. And- even beyond just travel needs. I think our next question um, from Jacob about whether or not you agree with a core hotel's approach that hotels should engage more with the local community and offer its services to more people than just travelers or guests. Um, yeah, I'm wondering, like, does Marriott also have a strategy for wanting to sort of be the brand that people just think of, not just when they're traveling, but when they're just living their daily lives? Absolutely. And we have brands that do this really well. I would mm-hmm. say... Uh, I would say that Edition Hotels does this particularly well. And we talk about Edition 
uh, as a um, as a place where you will find the best in food, beverage, and entertainment in that locale. So the edition in London, you've been to. Oh, no, I haven't been Oh, there. you must go. Yeah, one day. Um, so it <laughs> has this wonderful restaurant, Bernard's Tavern. Jason Atherton is the chef. And it is so well known in the local community. People go there. I think for, for a few years, you had to... You had to have, I mean, they had a waiting list. And it became the hot spot for the community. You know, people went there to, to see and be seen. Mm-hmm. Um, and so every brand actually has their own sort of take on it. But engaging, I do agree, engaging the local community is super important. At the end of the day, you know, when guests travel, they actually want to see what the locals see. They want to, you know, go to restaurants or, you know, go to places right. where the locals are. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is all, it's all sort of spurred on by technology because there's people are exposed to so much more. Mm-hmm. Right. Interesting. And um, another question we have is about, um, okay, uh, aren't you afraid that getting into short-term rentals, as you are doing with Hostmaker, will dilute or cannibalize your hotel business? Are, are the hotels that you work with, specifically in London, where the pilot's being um, held, are, are they concerned you know, you, people are always concerned. I mean, we're also... Con- you're concerned because you don't know, right? The unknown is always concerning. And that's, again, the whole point of running the pilot. Mm-hmm. But we do believe that uh, when people travel, they make decisions based on their trip purpose and their travel need. If you're a business traveler going to a city for a couple of days, it is more convenient to be in a hotel. The other thing is if you're traveling solo, you know, uh, a home rental can be an isolating experience. Um, If you're traveling with your family and uh, it's a leisure trip, you may require a different uh, accommodation. Mm -hmm. And so the the point is that we want to provide our guests with choice. Uh, We don't know what the impact is going to be. It could be, we could find out, that this guest is using... Uh, a home rental anyway, when they are traveling on leisure, perhaps. Uh, Why not give them a platform where they can do it all on the same, you know, with the same company, Uh, they're able to earn and redeem points, and they have the global assurance uh, uh, with Marriott. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Thank you, Diana. It was so good to speak with you. Really appreciate it. Thank you. If you like what you just heard from Skift Forum Europe, there's more to come. The inaugural Skift Tech Forum is June 12th in Silicon Valley. Our first Skift Restaurants Forum is September 24th in New York City. And Skift Global Forum is September 27th and 28th in New York City. Find out more at forum.skift.com. This show was produced by Ben Glowey, who can be found on Twitter at visible underscore sound. Assistant editor Sarah Enlow provided additional support. To subscribe to this podcast, search for Skift on iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever you find your podcasts. If you like what you hear, please leave a rating and a comment to help other listeners find us. Past episodes and a link to subscribe are online at podcast.skift.com. This has been the Skift Podcast. Thanks for listening.